I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to NFL Live. We got some coaching news here. Jim Harbaugh, the new head coach of the L.A. Chargers. The latest on this hire is coming your way. How it came together is coming with Adam Schefter, as well as the hiring of Dave Canales. He's the Panthers' new head coach. Two jobs filled in the last 24 hours. We all kind of felt like we were getting to the point where we'd start to see some of these filled, and we're going to talk a whole lot about it. That's Dan. What is that, peace? <laughs> Your fingers like come in peace thin. today. Okay, well, that's unusual for you. Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, Adam Schefter is with us, of course, and we're going to get to the games as well as Championship Sunday just three days away. But let's begin with Jim Harbaugh. He's left Michigan. He'll take over for the Chargers with Justin Herbert and company. We go right to Adam Schefter. How did this come together? Well, Laura, I think the Los Angeles Chargers were the most aggressive team in pursuit of the Michigan football coach Jim Harbaugh. The Falcons also had some interest, and they were scheduled to interview Jim Harbaugh today. But the fact of the matter is, once Harbaugh got into that building and began meeting with the Chargers a couple of days ago, they really never let him leave. And I think there was a part of this that appealed to Jim in the sense that the last team that he played quarterback for was the San Diego Chargers. Mm. So he knew the Spanos family. There was some type of sentimental pull. And let's be honest, in the end, ultimately, from a business standpoint, the Chargers made it worthwhile for him to not leave the building and not take the trip to Atlanta, where the Falcons could have gotten serious with Jim Harbaugh. Instead, he stays with the Chargers and reaches agreement on a five-year deal that brings immediate star power to the Chargers franchise. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Can't wait to see what he's capable of. And Adam Harbaugh will be tasked with turning around a Chargers team that went 5-12 and this season. The good news for L.A. is that he's done it in each of his previous four head coaching jobs. That includes his tenure with the 49ers when Harbaugh took over a team that went 6-10 and in the previous season and immediately led them to three straight NFC, NFC championship games. He has won, and at the end of the day, that's what we care the most about, right? RC, what do you think about the fit of Harbaugh with the Chargers? I mean, who has it better than him? When you look at Jim Harbaugh, everywhere he's gone, as you just illustrated, Laura, he's turned places around. You think about Stanford, you go back to San Francisco, what he was able to accomplish with both Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick, and obviously what he did at Michigan, winning a championship with J.J. McCarthy at the helm. He's now taking taking over a team that's going to have the best quarterback he's coached since coaching Andrew Luck at Stanford. And Jim Harbaugh understands how to get teams to play for him and he also understands how to put quarterbacks in the best possible position to succeed I think this is a slam dunk of an hire not because it's a fit not because the pieces look like something that Jim Harbaugh can work with it's because the man can flat out coach I do not know if coaching is genetic but if it is <laughs> the folks in that house have it in their genes from pops <laughs> to Jim to John all of them are winners and so if you can hire one of them you better do it sooner than later and obviously the Chargers understood that and never let him out of the building. Yeah. RC for me we all agree that Justin Herbert is top five quarterback talent but but 
Talent doesn't get you into that top five when it comes to perception. And stats have placed him into that in some capacity, but wins haven't. And that's been the thing that everyone has wanted to, I guess, happen with Herbert is win. And, and your, your statistics are only so good. And I think he now has a coach that will allow those wins to come. If we think about Herbert's career, he's got 22 losses since he's come into the NFL and by single possessions. And Coach Harbaugh is such a good coach, he's going to get rid of that. I mean, the reality is he's the most talented quarterback he's had, to your point, since Andrew. And he's taking quarterbacks like Alex Smith that had high expectations, and he's had them win. He's taking quarterbacks like Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick that had a unique skill set and won. And he's taking a quarterback like J.J. McCarthy, who was this super talented, highly recruited kid, and won. Herbert is now going to finally get a coach that not only is going to continue to pad those stats in a positive way, but finally get him the wins to get into that conversation of the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allens, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrows when it comes to unreal talent, but also a guy who wins in the playoffs. Yeah, we'll have a summer and a spring to talk about. Uh, Obviously, the X's and O's part, and I can't wait to hear uh, from D.O., what, what he needs to do with Justin Herbert. My thing is, for all of the stuff that we've heard about Jim Harbaugh, all of the things that he dealt with at Michigan, the one thing that stood out to me when they said that they hired him is, regardless of all of that, the players love him. Mm. They love playing for him. And you can tell. And his coaches love coaching with him. He has that personality. I remember a couple years ago, I think I was still covering college a few years ago, when they took a trip overseas and he was with the team and he talked about that experience at Michigan. He brought Michigan to a place to beat Ohio State. There's a certain belief that comes along with Jim Harbaugh as well. You have to be able to coach. You have to have that part and that in your DNA. But the fact that these players ride for him, if you looked at the reaction from the Michigan players when he was suspended just this year, talking about how much they cared about him, how much he was involved, how much they wanted to win because of Jim Harbaugh, I think that still has a place on every level in football, and believe it or not, more so in the NFL. Two things you have to have as a head coach. You got to have the pulse of your football team, and they have to trust you beyond the football field. And I think he's been able to do that at every place he's been, and that says a lot about a winning culture. Yeah, having uh, covered the Michigan team in the college football playoff, I can tell you that's very real, how much they love Harbaugh, and you don't talk to a Michigan player who doesn't enjoy playing for him. Let's move to a little bit more news in the coaching world. We're going to talk about the meteoric rise of Dave Canales that continues. The former Bucks offensive coordinator hired to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Back to Adam Schefter. What more can you tell us about this decision? Well, Laura, they're trying to work it out now. Essentially, that is the plan to hire him. They're still going over the contract details. It's not finalized, but it's expected to be. I was told it will get done. That was in the words of one source today. So we expect that Dave Canales will wind up being the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And if you go back and look at the work that he's done the last two years with Geno Smith in Seattle, with Baker Mayfield in Tampa, those were his last two seasons. That's exactly what the Carolina Panthers are looking and hoping for in regards to their franchise quarterback, Bryce Young. They have so much invested in the number one overall pick. They need somebody to help him get to reach his potential. And they have identified Dave Canales as the guy that they're now planning to hire. They're ironing out the contract. Once that contract is ironed out, he'll be the next head coach there in Carolina, working with the general manager, Dan Morgan, who we knew for multiple seasons in Seattle. And he will take over as the man in charge of elevating the performance of Bryce Young.
Yeah, thanks, Adam. Sorry, I misspoke there. I gave him the job before it happened, but Adam with the clarity, and you were referencing some well, he's of the getting work. the job. Yeah, there we go. All right, so you referenced some of his work already, Adam, the reason why he would get this opportunity. Let's dive into that a little bit more. He was the quarterback's coach for the Seahawks last season when Geno Smith led the NFL in completion percentage and won Comeback Player of the Year award. This season, Baker Mayfield set career highs in several categories with Canales as his offensive coordinator, and Mayfield capped that off with an impressive performance in the postseason, of course, as we all just saw. Dim, what do you think? about this move by the Panthers. I, I love it. The more you think about it, it's a meteoric rise for Canales. I, I had been adamant that they needed to hire an uh, a offensive minded coach in Carolina strictly to rebuild Bryce Young. I don't care what anybody says, how mentally tough he is. He was beat down this year, and it's going to be paramount that that coach now, Dave Canales, goes in and rebuilds that confidence and rebuilds that self-belief in that young man because he was the number one pick for a reason, and he watched C.J. Stroud do what C.J. Stroud did, and he's got to be thinking, well, why couldn't I have been placed into that situation? And Canales could just lay out the resume. Here, this is what I've done the past two years. These are the quarterbacks that I've been a part of, and so I don't think it's only just Bryce, though. I think the, the other thing that was, I guess, surprising in Carolina this year was how bad this offensive line was. I think one of the things that Canales did well for Baker and Tampa was he didn't stress that offensive line a ton. His play calls were really married together with time uh, in regards to getting the ball to Baker's hands and not stressing that unit. I think that unit gets better, and in turn, Bryce Young bounces back quickly. Hmm. To me, this starts with Dan Morgan. Anybody who ever watched Dan Morgan play, whether it was at the U or in the NFL, understands how tough-minded he was as a football player, and I expect him to approach building a team that way. And so if he identified Dave Canales as a person with that sort of personality, a coach that understands how to put quarterbacks and offenses in the right position, I also feel like he identified that Dave Canales can delegate, that he can relate, that he can lead a locker room of men. And to me, that's the most important thing that the Carolina Panthers are miss missing. Listen, we know who their owner is. We know the ways that he's behaved when it's come to his past coaches or even behaving himself at games and so you need an adult in the room like a Dan Morgan you need someone like a David Canales who he's identified as someone who can walk into that locker room and be a commanding presence because it needs to be for sure fully certain that he's the leader of the organization and then that needs to leak into who Bryce Young is as a leader in that locker room and a captain and obviously we know what he could do with the X's and O's and what he's done the last two years with Geno Smith who was almost a forgotten guy as a backup for many years and Baker Mayfield who has been passed around the last couple of years like the village bicycle he is now going to probably be an opportunity for a comeback player of the year and franchise quarterback in Tampa and that's what you hope to build with Bryce Young yeah, RC and D.O., I love that. The thing that first came to mind when this hire was made obviously went back to the type of season that Baker has had. And we had a, a number of conversations about Baker Mayfield leading up to this time in Carolina, I mean, <clears throat> in Tampa and seeing him play well like he did and actually going into the divisional round of the playoffs. Nobody would have thought that. So it's a testament to Dave Canales. But the other thing I thought about was Matt LaFleur with Jordan Love in year one. Obviously, Jordan Love, has been in that organization, but to actually put him on the field, the, su the success that those guys had, the success we saw Shane Steichen tw uh, trending towards with Anthony Richardson. When you look at all of these young quarterbacks, Bobby Slowick with CJ in Tampa, that is what the recreation is about with Bryce Young and Dave Canales. And the other thing is this too, man, like there is something to be said 
for an offensive coordinator to take on take Baker Mayfield with zero expectations outside of what people already perceive and go as far as they went. Love the season that Geno had. Love what he did with Geno Smith. But this ascension and jump that Baker Mayfield had, it had to be somebody attached to that. And obviously we know that that was Dave Canales. But when you look across this league, it's littered with a lot of coaches with an offensive prowess, some leadership ability, have seen a lot of football and been around really good football to lead these young quarterbacks into where they need to be. Yeah, I think just rebuilding his confidence is going to go a long way. I do think two things that are going to be paramount. Number one, patience. They were not patience with, patient with Frank Reich and his staff now yeah. for reasons that maybe will come out later, but they weren't. They are going. This year does not matter. This year is only about re, re, like resetting the foundation for his career. 2025 is the year that they can start to build around him. And then the second thing, if I were Dave Canales, I would push hard to try to keep that defensive staff. That defensive yeah. staff with Ajiro Evero is still a very good group. I would want to keep those those defensive coordinator and defensive staff intact. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, we saw Canales right before he had this interview, actually, on Monday Night Football with the Bucks. He talked about how he had everything ready for a head coaching opportunity if he would get the chance. He didn't know if he would get that chance. It ended up happening. Pretty cool to see his dreams realized already. We're just getting started here on NFL Live. Dan and RC going to the touchscreen to explain why Sunday will be the toughest test of the season for Patrick Mahomes. Don't miss it between these guys, both the offensive and defensive perspective. Plus, Marcus will show you the biggest mismatch on the field for the Lions on Sunday. You better believe Aaron Glenn will have his guys ready. Are we the fastest? Are we the most talented? No. But we'll bite somebody's face off when we go play them. We'll bite a kneecap too if we have to. <laughs> the face, the kneecap. Look, RC, <laughs> that sounds like something RC would say. Bite a face. Or something he wouldn't like. He said, I'm he not said, saying it. He said, I don't it. bite people. No, he said, I don't bite people. <laughs> This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back here on NFL Live. Time to check in with Adam Schefter for our injury report ahead of Championship Sunday. What is the latest from Kansas City, Adam? Well, Laura, let's take a look at a few of the Chiefs right now, none of whom practice today. Isaiah Pacheco, Joe Tooney, Derek Nandi, no practice for any of them right now. I think Pacheco will make it back. Not so sure about Joe Tooney. I think it's going to be tough for him, and we'll see on Nandi. So those are some key injuries to monitor for the Kansas City Chiefs. Meanwhile, while the Chiefs are struggling with some health issues, the Ravens seem to be getting healthier. Marlon Humphrey has been at practice. It looks like he is tracking 
to play this week despite being limited at practice due to that calf injury. That would be a big boost for the Ravens defense as they get ready for the AFC Championship game. And as for the big injury question mark this week, the 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel listed as limited at practice today, which I think is an encouraging sign for the 49ers as Debo Samuel tries to make his way back from that shoulder injury he suffered on Saturday night against Green Bay. And I think here's the question. I think a lot of people believe that Debo is going to try to gut it out and make it back in time. But how effective can he be and will he be with a shoulder that is not fully right right now? And that we'll see on Sunday night when the 49ers and Lions meet for the NFC Championship. Yeah, that's well said, Adam, because you do expect him to try to be out there. That's the type of player that he is. But what can he actually do dealing with the shoulder? We appreciate the update. The 49ers, by the way, let's talk a little bit more about their offense. They have the best left tackle in the NFL and Trent Williams, who has allowed just one sack all season. However, San Francisco not as strong on the other side of the line where Colton McKivitz has allowed 12 sacks. That could be an issue against Aiden Hutchinson, who has eight sacks in the last four games. Looking at specific matchups as we get closer to these ones. Dan, how could the Lions look to take advantage of that potential mismatch? Yeah, Marcus Spears taught us a couple weeks ago, you you take your linebackers, you put them up in what we call the A-gaps, which is either side of the center. That forces all of those offensive linemen to be in many ways one-on-one, -on -one, and I would let Hutch whoop on McKivitz. Oof. And he's shown on tape to struggle a little bit, and the Lions did that a lot last week. Four defensive linemen spread out, and then those double A-gaps. Now, as an offense, you're sitting there going, okay, one-on-ones, and I love the, the Lions bury their coverages behind it. Both backers drop out, the corners play the flats, the safeties drop back, and then that Inside player drops down into what we would call like a Tampa 2 run-through. So it's really a Tampa 2 or a 30 cloud, essentially, coverage-wise. And it's a ton of one-on-one -on -one blocking. Both tackles are singled up. And it often forces the quarterback to feel condensed, even though you still have seven people in coverage. Again, you walk those linebackers up in the A-gaps, four defensive linemen. Remember, last time we saw that cover 2 or 30 cloud zone defense, this time, all them cats are blitzing, and you're playing man-to-man -man coverage. The ball's got to come out because you're only getting significant one-on-ones by both your offensive lineman and your back, and you play tight man coverage. I could absolutely see the lines doing that. Now you've seen it. You've seen it. The four defensive linemen, the double A-gap pressure. We've seen zone with two safeties. We've seen man. Now one of those backers triggers. One drops out, and they're going to play a zone behind it with a drop backside defensive end and everybody's got vision on, okay, quarterback, what are you going to do with the football? They force it out of his hands, and then they rally to the ball to get off the field. And so I think it's one of those situations where if you get into those second downs, I could see him happening on second down, and McKivitz is going to be singled up so consistently. Yeah. How much they do it and how much they change the coverage on the back end of it is going to force Brock Purdy and Kyle Shannon to be on their A, their a game when it comes to plan. Dan, I love that you talked about coverage because the answer to that usually with those backers walked up is Christian McCaffrey on a quick a quick release. Sure. Because what it does is to the to the point we talked about, it does it, it forces you to what the offensive line when I was playing called pinch, right? Make sure that these A gap linebackers shortest right. distance from point A to point B is a straight line. So you want to get those guys taken care of. The other thing it does is it takes the back away from being able to chip on the edge of yes. the line of scrimmage because usually he's responsible for one of those linebackers. So to your point, as much as they can get Aiden Hutchinson lined up on McKibbins is an opportunity for the Detroit Lions to generate pass rush to your point without having to bring extra people, even though Aaron Glenn will bring guys off the second level to add to that rush that usually comes scot-free 
But this is an opportunity to get your best defensive lineman on their worst pass blocking offensive lineman and see if he can do some damage and at least force Brock Purdy to move off the spot and have to go to a secondary throw. Yeah, they're going to do all of those things, and you already mentioned it, though, Marcus. They are going to bring second-level people, and folks is going to be butt-booty naked with opportunities <laughs> to run at Brock Purdy. Here, you're going to see early in the game, they're going to bring Melifonwu, but there is a quick release by Rashard White. They are peeling to the bottom of the screen. That would take yeah. away the quick look to a Christian McCaffrey. Now, we're going to see that Jack Campbell is going to mug up. He's right there in that A-gap. As he releases, you do have the one-on-one -on -one with Aiden Hutch free run to the quarterback. This is the play that ends the game. This is what colleges call a hot blitz. They rush two from the top and they're playing a bastardized cover two on the back end where there's only two droppers in the middle but you still keep the top on the defense. This is something we see a lot of the time from the Kansas City Chiefs. They can do so many things defensively and Aaron Glenn has been creating rush in so many different ways and I think it's amazing that we were able to show the different variations Rations that Detroit can bring. Go ahead, Marcus. No, you go, and then we'll get Marcus. I got a question. RC, RC, you played with one of the best blitzers in the history from a secondary guy in, in Troy. How do how do these guys, because Detroit's doing a phenomenal job at it, is it hitting it on the run based on timing? Because if you get caught early, does that put you guys at a disadvantage on the back end? Well, what Detroit has done is Detroit has calls that go before the actual blitz call, and that will tell you what the disguise will be. And so whether they come out and they say, hey, we're going black, Sam fire zone, you know exactly what the disguise on the back end is, and we'll know that Jack Campbell will be mugged up in order to get Aiden Hutchison free, or that we'll have Brian Branch showing that he's coming off of the slot to allow Melifanwu to come from the other side. And I think they've done a good job of having all 11 people dialed into the disguise. Yeah, RC, I love right, the yeah. fact that you referenced okay. Branch so much. I think he's huge in this game. I think he's become one of the best nickels in the yeah. game. If you remember Baltimore with Kyle Hamilton, how big he was. Um, I'd also yep. say this, with all these pressures, you know what it does? It forces Christian McCaffrey to be a blocker and not a pass catcher. And that is advantage yeah. Detroit. Yeah, that's a smart way to do it. By the way, um, for people at home wondering, butt booty naked is totally different than regular naked. <laughs> Yes. Just, just it's more naked. It's more naked. You're more naked. Okay. It's naked with it. E. Naked is another way to put it. Still to naked. come, Mahomes <laughs> is heading out on the road again, this time to take on the Ravens. Dan and RC at the touch screen to show us why this matchup could prove to be the toughest of the season. We'll explain next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The postseason NFL Countdown crew will get you ready for Championship Sunday with a three-hour show starting at noon Eastern on ESPN. And following all the games, it's a special NFL primetime with Boomer and Booger at 10 Eastern. Baltimore coverage of Championship Sunday is all right here on the ESPN family of networks. We're glad you're with us here on NFL Live. To a developing story, the Browns and Eagles have both requested interviews with Kellen Moore for their offensive coordinator positions. Our Jeremy Fowler is reporting that Moore is meeting with Philadelphia today for their open OC position. And Moore spent last year, of course, as the Chargers OC after four years in Dallas. So time now for some more top storylines with Adam Schefter. Some big coaching news today. What more can you tell us, Adam? Well, Lord, we're still feeling the reverberations of yesterday's news where the Chargers reached agreement on a five-year contract with the former Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh to take over as the Chargers head coach. Now there'll be a series of changes there. Jim Harbaugh has won everywhere he's been, whether it was at San Diego, Stanford, the 49ers, Michigan, and now he'll have a chance to do that same type of work with the Los Angeles Chargers. Meanwhile, the next hire is poised to be the Buccaneers offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, as the Panthers head coach. The Panthers plan to hire him. They are finalizing the contract as we speak. And assuming there are no hiccups, Dave Canales will take over as the head coach in charge of making sure that Bryce Young reaches the potential that the Panthers saw in him when they traded up to draft him in the number one spot. And take a look right now at the remaining vacancies. Atlanta, Washington, Seattle. What's interesting here is that there currently are three vacancies. And consider some of the names who still are out there right now. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson, Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald. There are a lot of really good coaches out there still, and yet there are only three openings right now. Yeah, it's fascinating, Adam. Uh, it, obviously, somebody's going to be left out of this musical chairs. And a couple of the names there, Belichick, Vrabel, those were a couple that I think a lot of us thought would get jobs before anybody else did. So we'll continue to keep an eye on it. Of course, Adam, the best with breaking all of this news. Let's get to Sunday's AFC Championship game. It'll be the fifth time in Patrick Mahomes' career that he faces the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Mahomes and the Chiefs have won three of the previous four games, scoring an average of more than 32 points per game. Here's what Mahomes had to say about facing a tough Ravens defense. At the end of the day, it's the Ravens. I mean, it's they're going to play physical, they're going to play fast, they're going to play hard, um, and they have a lot of pride in defense. I mean, obviously, they have the offense, and they, they've put up a lot of numbers over these last few years, um, but if you think about the Ravens' as defense, and they're going to fly around and try to dictate tempo, that's just who they are, and so it's our job is to go out there and, and play our game, um, play fast, play physical as well, um, and match their tempo, um, and so it's going to be a, it's going to be a great challenge. I'm excited for it. I mean, I know it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard, but at the same time, this is what you want this, at this point in the playoffs. Well, Dan and RC, you're back at the touchscreen, guys. Just how big a challenge is that Ravens defense this week? Yeah, it's absolutely enormous, and I think the number one question that Patrick Mahomes and Matt Nagy and Andy Reid are going to have to ask themselves: Who? 
who on the Baltimore Ravens defense is blitzing and then yeah. who on the Baltimore Ravens is not and or dropping. So this is all going to be the same front. Three plays, okay? We're going to start with the front. Overload front. I got three defensive linemen to the left of me offensively and then the backside defensive end. Now the backer walked up is going to be Roquan Smith. Everyone pay attention to that. And then the backer off the ball is going to be Patrick Queen. Ball's going to get snapped and they're going to trade roles essentially. You're going to see Roquan Smith. He's going to be a dropper, okay? And then Patrick Queen is going to be a guy that comes off the ball and blitzes. And now you have this internal pressure all while Roquan Smith's dropping out underneath and it creates this absolute and the chaos big thing in the too left side. Here, Dan, the big thing here too is we were in that stadium. It was so loud. Look at the timing by Patrick Queen. As Patrick Queen hits it, it allows Roquan Smith to get to his drop and have eyes on not only C.J. Stroud, but the low crosser in case he has to come out of coverage. Yeah, and it's fantastic that out of that front, it creates all that chaos. And think of Patrick Mahomes, we know, is a massive scrambler. You have all these guys in zone defense still playing underneath with vision on him. That's clip number one. Now clip number two, we're going to go to a very similar front set. We're going to get that same look overload front. Here's this overload front to the left. Defensive lineman, defensive lineman, defensive lineman. Now I have my backside defensive end. Great. Same Roquan up in the line of scrimmage. Remember last time Patrick Queen comes off the ball. Roquan went back into coverage. Now here it comes again. There's that timing that RC talked about. This time Roquan becomes a pressure guy as well. Internal pick and Van right. Noy Dan. is the dropper. Also, Dan, look at Kyle Van Noy's initial alignment. We had all three linemen down on the first blitz. On the second blitz, Kyle Van Noy is already up. And so as Patrick Queen is coming, he understands that he needs to be up in order to get to his drop. That could be a telltale sign of who's the blitzer and who's not. And it's chaos in the middle. C.J. Stroud runs away from it. Last time it was that zone drop underneath. This time it's match man coverage, and it forces a throw away. Now the third clip. Remember, last time, overload front, first clip, overload front. We're going to get it again here. Here's these three different defensive linemen, overload front. This is the backside defensive end. Now, Roquan Smith walked up into the line of scrimmage. Every single time, we've had Patrick Queen come as an internal rusher. This time, Patrick Queen is going to come as an external rusher on the outside, along with Roquan and that nickel. So, this is the... Dan, Dan, run the play. If you run the play back to the beginning, though, watch what Patrick Queen does. The, the nickel is the initial man lined on the line of scrimmage. So what's the offense going to do? You're going to scan your running back to the front side. And with Patrick Queen off of the ball in the slot, seemingly a second-level defender, he's going to have the free run at CJ, at C.J. Stroud. You're exactly right. So he comes free off the ball. So all these guys that we've seen potentially be droppers, now they're pressure guys. And what happens is they get these two internal defensive linemen to engage. Then they drop out as under underneath zone eyes on people while everyone else is playing their guys and man-to-man -man coverage. This is fantastic by Baltimore. You're sitting there as a quarterback in an offense yep. and constantly asking ourselves, RC, who? Who do we got to protect? Who do we got to be yep. aware of when they're blitzing? And who potentially could be a big-time dropper? And the one thing you see that somebody, as long as someone is dropping, it doesn't make your defensive backs trigger on the back end. So there will be no double moves. There will be no quicks. And you still can't take the top off of the defense. As blitzes go, Mike McDonald has made this as sound as you can possibly make it for an aggressive defense. Yeah, it's going to be a huge challenge for Kansas City, Ruddy.
Yeah, this Ravens defense so dominant. How about this? They got the same number of interceptions as touchdown passes allowed this season. Time now for an ESPN bet parlay plus. For that, we're going to go to Marcus. So let's dive deeper into the Ravens-Chiefs matchup. We just saw that uh, that what he'll be up against, that over under 240 and a half yards in the air for Patrick Mahomes. What do you say, Swagoo? I hate putting under to, on anything that regards Patrick Mahomes, but I'm going to go under because I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to lean into Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Elair. Mm. Now, 240 for Patrick is like waking up in the morning, but you have to be multiple against this defense and attack them in a number of ways. I don't think it's just got to be a straight drop-back game for Patrick Mahomes, so I'll go under. Just got to watch his scrambling ability to make up for under 240. And what about his number one target over under 62 and a half receiving yards for Travis Kelsey? Yeah, I believe Travis will have to go over 62 mm. and a half receiving yards in this game. He's going to have to try to find those matchups. And when he doesn't find a matchup, and it is Kyle Hamilton or Roquan Smith, somebody guarding him from that secondary, he has to win. This is a situation where two of the best players in the National Football League playing for one of the best teams are going to have to play as big as we've seen them do in the past. So Kelsey is going to have to go over 62 if they're going to have to win. Lamar Jackson coming off a 100-yard rushing performance last week. He was out of control. So good. Over under 65 and a half rushing yards for the Ravens QB. I'm going over in a Woo. new song. It takes one, baby. It takes one. It just takes one <laughs> scramble, one get out of there, and he can go for 65 on one carry. But Lamar Legs will have to be a part of this game as well. I'm sure that the Kansas City Chiefs will have a phenomenal rush plan. They'll try to keep him bottled up, but doing that for four quarters is very difficult. And we've seen this year when a play has to be made with his legs, Lamar Jackson mm. usually makes it an explosive play as opposed to just getting 10 yards in a first down. Swag, did you notice this like Louisiana party music we got going on in the background here? For I know you? <laughs> it, 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 it sounds so good. It makes me want to go fry some fish. Okay, well you can. Yeah, if you do, send some in the mail. Uh, speaking of Lamar, don't it was send, announced I got you. Don't send today. nothing to me, okay? Keep Dan, it for yourself. Dan's not a fried fish man, but he's missing out. Uh, nah, it was announced today that he fish. is one of five finalists. Lamar Jackson is for the NFL's most valuable player, along with San Francisco's Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey, Buffalo's Josh Allen, and Dallas's Dak Prescott. I think Lamar is going to win it. Uh, the reimagined Pro Bowl games are back in Orlando. The first six events of the skills competition are Thursday, February 1st at 7 Eastern on ESPN. The final four events come your way Sunday, February 4th at 3 Eastern. It all culminates with a 7-on-7 flag football game. Peyton and Eli are back to coach the AFC and the NFC teams. we got all the coverage here on the ESPN family of networks. Coming up, how do you slow down Lamar Jackson? Marcus just said he's going over 100 yards. RC says some Josh Allen film could help. We'll be back with more NFL Live after this. ESPN Bet is the official sportsbook of ESPN and the only place to find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download today. What a play. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Flag keeps me moving and it keeps me quick on my feet. Nice catch, get out! I'm Alex Houston. I'm 15. I play receiver, DB. Woo! That's what I'm talking about, baby. It's such a fast-paced game, and you need speed and agility and ball skills. He's too fast. Football has taught me to always be myself, work hard, communicate, and to always chase your goal. With NFL Flag, there's a position for everyone. To find a league near you, visit NFLflag.com and catch your favorite NFL stars on the flag field at the Pro Bowl games right here on ESPN on Sunday, February 4th. Let's dive into the AFC Championship just a little bit more between the Chiefs and the Ravens as we're now just three days away from this thing. Majority of this season, Lamar Jackson struggled against the Blitz, posting a QBR of 41 with more interceptions than touchdown passes. However, Jackson has completely turned that around. Over his last six games, he's thrown six touchdown passes without a single interception against the Blitz. Lamar going to look to continue that against Steve Spagnuolo, who, with the Chiefs' defense, continues to blitz, and he does it at the sixth highest rate in the NFL. Now it's like, well, golly, what do you do about Lamar Jackson, okay? Because it doesn't matter what you do, he's having success. Marcus, what should be the focus for the Chiefs' defense trying to slow down Lamar? Ooh, <laughs> it's all about discipline. And it's hard for men to have discipline when they're trying to go out there and make plays. This is a this is a game where you have to have organized chaos, and you cannot get into your one-on-one game thinking that I'm going to be the hero and save the Kansas City Chiefs defense because I'm gonna get after the Lamar. This has to be in unison. There needs to be times whoever that interior defensive tackle is that gets the double team. Hey man, hold firm there. Don't pick a side on any of this offensive lineman. You have to stay put and try to bottle Lamar with straight ahead pressure. This is one of those examples of Chris Jones obviously understanding that. Now, you don't recommend that he stands straight up. But the, the basis of it is, is that Josh Allen will go to his legs and we have to be able to pursue in a very organized way. Look, these quarterbacks are going to get out. This is a four-quarter game. It's long. When you're rushing, you're going to try to make plays. But they have to be very disciplined on the interior. All right, I'm going to interrupt here. We have breaking news to get to here on NFL Live. We go right to Adam Schefter with another coach hire. Go ahead, Adam. Ooh. Well, Laura, the Atlanta Falcons are planning to hire Raheem Morris, who is the interim head coach in Atlanta. He's the Rams defensive coordinator, but they are moving forward in that direction. We get another hire from the NFC South with Raheem Morris getting that job in Atlanta. Again, a lot of qualified candidates. They spent today meeting with Bobby Slowick, the Texas offensive coordinator. They had Mike Vrabel in the building yesterday, but today they are moving forward with Raheem Morris as the hire in Atlanta as their head coach. And now, again, I wanted to lay this out for everybody because there are two hires left. Washington, Seattle. Mike Vrabel doesn't appear to be in play there. 
Bill Belichick doesn't appear to be in play there. Wow. Pete Carroll doesn't appear to be in play there. So there are some big names here that are left on the dance floor as of right now with this particular move. And it's a situation where the Falcons are going back to somebody they know well. Somebody who's been in the organization, Raheem Morris, is now in line to become the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I got to say, someone who grew up in Atlanta, Falcons fan, I love this. This is great. RC, I think you love it too. Tell us your thoughts on Raheem Morris expected to be hired as a Falcons head coach. <coughs> Listen, I am fired up. Raheem Morris was my last defensive back coach. He's just an awesome man, but an amazing X and O coach, understands how mm -hmm. to relate with players, and he's been there before. When Dan Quinn was fired, he had an opportunity to coach there. He was the guy that coached both offense and defense in Atlanta. We watched him move to Los Angeles and with the Rams, win a Super Bowl. Bobby Wagner, who will be on the pivot tomorrow, when asked who he wanted to be Seattle's next head coach, actually mentioned the name Raheem Morris and so I think this is a slam dunk for the Atlanta Falcons and many people don't remember this but as an extremely young coach Raheem Morris was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm. and I believe that not going well for him when they tore down the entire team has been something that has been held against him and to have this opportunity in Atlanta now it's time to go out and get him a quarterback and I think he's going to be extremely successful and a perfect fit for the mm. city and the team. Yeah, absolutely love this hire. We call Monday Night Football and the Rams are one of our games this year and Raheem is one of those guys when you sit down with him you go you're a head coach. Yes. Just when you talk with him, presence, the yeah. way that his energy, his presence, the way that he communicates, I think the joy that he has about ball. Like you, when you, when we sat and talked with him, that was a big takeaway. It's like, oh my gosh, this dude loves being in it with his players. And I think that is going to be something that is huge for Atlanta. The second thing I'd say is this. Les Snead, who's the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams, hired Sean McVay. How's that worked out? He was very passionate about the opportunity that he wanted for Raheem Morris to be a head coach. Hmm. This guy, is, he doesn't say stuff just Good to point. say it, less yeah. need. So this is a guy that knows if I do this, I'm going to risk losing my defensive coordinator. But he is that good of a coach and deserves that much of this opportunity that I'm going to do it. And I think that spoke volumes about Raheem as a, as a man. I also think it spoke volumes about him as a potential and obviously now head coach. Yeah, well, if you're familiar with football circles uh, like we are, we know how well respected Raheem is. But to that point, man, I can't, I, I can't help but think about what are you going to do offensively at the quarterback position? Because the success is directly tied to how that guy plays and, and what position will they be in in order to, to, to get a quarterback. I know Justin Fields' name has been thrown around. What will the Atlanta Falcons do front office-wise with Terry Fontenot and Raheem Morris coming together along with Arthur Blank and trying to figure out who's going to quarterback this team? Look, for as phenomenal as D'Amico Ryans were, was in, in um, Houston, for as good as Dan Campbell has been in Detroit, those guys' signal callers played at very high levels this year. So we know that that's a direct correlation to the success that you will have as a head coach. There is no doubt Raheem will be ready for this job, understands what it takes to be a head coach. Now it's time to get to work and figuring out who's going to be a signal caller. Go, RC. <laughs> this is so funny 
Because when me and Raheem talked yesterday, he told me, he was like, yeah, promote other people like Jim Harbaugh for those other jobs so Atlanta could come get me. So I'm just so freaking happy that he got the job. It worked. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm happy. That house going to be so nice out there. Thank you for oh, that. Oh, my God. Hey, now that listen, I want to so nice. put the list back up of the available jobs because now there's only two left in Washington and the Seahawks, as you see down at the bottom of that list, Raheem Morris, the latest head coach hire as he will now be expected excuse me I should clarify he is expected according to Adam Schefter the breaking news here to be hired by the Falcons so Adam I want to go back to you because you alluded to this a little bit there's some big names still out there that don't have a position yet as we know what do you expect the commanders and Seahawks to do well, let me start here for a moment, Laura, if you don't mind. Bill Belichick, who's the biggest name out there, the greatest coach of all time, interviewed twice for the Atlanta Falcons job that now is going to Raheem Morris. Bill Belichick did not get called to Seattle. He did not, as of date, get called to Washington. Could he still enter into those conversations? Conceivably, yes. We're well on into these coaching searches, and to my knowledge, neither team has called so far. So that seemingly would indicate that this coaching cycle as it currently is constituted will fill up without Bill Belichick getting a head coach. Raheem Morris gets the Atlanta job. That was the job that Bill Belichick was in play for there down in Atlanta. And my understanding is that the Falcons owner, Arthur Blank, really liked Bill Belichick and would have supported that hiring. But it's beyond just one man. This is a collaborative hiring effort. And there are a lot of people in that building that supported Raheem Morris. He met with the Falcons on Tuesday night at Arthur Blank's house, had a tremendous meeting there. The Rams were fully backing Raheem Morris because they truly believed that his time had come. They went out of their way publicly and privately to point out to everybody that Raheem Morris was long overdue for a head coaching job. And I believe the Rams' words resonated with people across the league. And Raheem Morris deserves what he gets, but he also had the full support of that organization going to bat for him repeatedly. And they all made it possible. What Raheem did and what the Rams said. And together, in the end, he gets this job that really, when you think back to the time that he coached in Tampa, there were people at that time that said Raheem Morris was ready to be a head coach, yeah. but that maybe it was just a little bit early. He got the job, it didn't work out, and now he's had to wait all this time to get another head coaching job that many people believe was long overdue. Yeah, that's really important context, Adam, and thanks for sharing it. When you think about some of the connectivity in the NFL and how some of these teams can help support their own coaches to go somewhere else. Dan, just quickly before we go, your thoughts on Bill Belichick maybe being left out of this coaching hiring cycle. Yeah, I, I guess I'm surprised that all these teams that needed a head coach potentially are passing on him. I do know this. If you don't have a good plan with player selection and offensive coordinator, it's tough to get a job in this league right now. So I'm, I'm, I guess in that regard, there's merit to that. Yeah. All right. We have got to go, but you're going to get more from RC and the rest of everybody tomorrow. We'll see you on NFL Live then. And congratulations to Raheem so Morris and the Falcons. Say.